We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Before we get into today's news and notes, and there is a lot of it, I want to thank everybody for helping us hit that 20,000 mark on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. So cool to see. We are so appreciative of everybody for subscribing to our show. If you're not a subscriber, hit that button, join in, subscribe, and make sure you turn on notifications and follow us as well over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, and give us a five-star rating and review. We love going through there and reading the reviews. Uh, Keith Smith still out today dealing with the effects of COVID. Unfortunately, he is gutting it out, uh, trying to get some things done. You've seen him a little bit on Twitter, but I know he's still feeling pretty under the weather. So joining me once again, we've got Ron Gutterman. Ron, thanks again for hopping in and uh, and saving the day here. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, we wish uh, Keith well. Hope he's back soon because, you know, us two doing this show is just, you know, it feels unfair. It feels unfair a little bit. Yeah, it would be it would be great to get Keith in here, especially with some of the news that we've got today. I'm sure he would have a lot to say about this stuff, but hopefully he will be back in action uh, soon. But in the meantime, Ron, let's dive into this. Ime Odoka, let's start there. Looking like possibly nothing official announced as of this recording, but it's, it's expected sometime today. At any, any moment, this could happen, but... We're expecting to see a year-long suspension for Ime Odoka, who had a consensual, inappropriate relationship with a female staff member for the Celtics organization. This news shocked everybody last night. Ron, what do you what do you think about this situation in general? And is this going to be a big distraction for the Celtics this season? I mean, yeah. It's hard to see how it wouldn't be a distraction uh, you know, one week before the start of training camp and you lose your head coach who just kind of helped you get to an NBA finals the year before. I mean, Ime Odoka is a really, really great coach and he showed himself to be a really great coach this last year. So I, I don't see how this isn't a distraction. If he is out for the entire year, it, it's a really fascinating situation that I'm sure has more details to it. I think a lot of people have taken this stance where if if we have all the information, then a year suspension seems like a lot. Um, but that must mean that there's more that will come out over time. Uh, it's hard to really make a full comment on this situation because we don't know what's going on over there. But yeah, I mean, if he's out for the whole year, it's there's talk that he may not come back at all. He may resign the position. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of uncertainty with Emi Odoka and the Celtics. And it's, I, I can't imagine that not looming over their heads for the entire season. 
Oh, their their media day is not going to be fun for anybody in the organization coming up in just a few days. Uh, Joe Mazzula will likely take over as the interim head coach. I keep trying to figure out with this, and again, we would just be speculating at this point. We don't know exactly what happened or anything, but it's strange to me when I look at this and I see the reporting on this that his job is not in jeopardy, but a year-long suspension is likely. How do you, I, I don't, it feels like such a fine line to say, well, clearly it's bad enough to suspend someone for a year, but lose their job. No, 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 no. That's, that's not even in question. That seems like a weird place to draw that line. Now, you mentioned that Emeo Doka may end up just uh, resigning, or we'll, we'll see what ultimately happens there. But it makes me curious about the details of this situation, and I think a lot of people are curious. And I don't know that we're ever going to get the exact information out of this, but it's just interesting that that's where the line got drawn and why perhaps they may have come to that conclusion. Yeah, and, and one reason that the the rumor and speculation about him potentially resigning or him considering that, the reason that's out there is because this is a Celtics team rule violation right. and a Celtics team suspension. If he chose to leave, he would get another job elsewhere. Now, it wouldn't be a head coach because all 30 teams have their head coach, but he would be able to work this year because this is not a league suspension. This is a Celtics suspension. And I, I do think it's interesting to see that, you know, like you said, like what is the line of it's inappropriate enough to suspend him for a full year and potentially cause him to resign, but it wasn't so serious that we would ever consider firing him. It, it's, now, a, it's a little strange. Would that, would another organization want to take that on, that that heat that you would get? Like if, if Adoka, let's say he's suspended for a year and then he says, okay, well then I resign and then he goes and gets hired by Team X, that's going to generate a lot of eyes onto that team, a lot of questions, a lot of uncomfortable questions that they're going to ha have to answer. Do you think a team would really do that just to bring him on as an assistant? You know, I I, I could see it. Ime Udoka is a very solid coach, and I think based on the details we have now, now of course there's, there's potentially more out there, but based on the details that are public knowledge, um, there's no reason to believe that Ime Udoka is any sort of like threat to like team, you know, people feeling safe within the organization. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't, this does not seem like a situation where Ime Udoka is some like, you know, terrible villain that should be ousted from the league. Like, you know, we've seen in the past year, some people in the NBA and the NFL have gotten in trouble for far worse things. Um, this is just one of those situations where it's it's strange to see the details that were made public versus what's going to happen to Ime Udoka, which is a, a potential year-long suspension. It, it doesn't feel like it matches, which is why I would love for more details to come out. But you're right. I just don't know if we get them. I'll tell you one thing, though. As much as you know, we're all not sure about what the details are, I don't particularly care or think it's all that appropriate to find out the identity of the other person involved. And I've seen already names getting thrown out and speculation, and that's reckless and should not be happening at all because you could be i mean massively massively negatively impacting another person's life without having any kind of proof or anything i i don't i don't think that that information needs to be shared or should be speculated about yeah yeah i mean I, you know if your if your instinct in this situation is to go you know google the female staff members of the right. boston celtics your, your head's in the wrong place and, uh, and you know, got to reevaluate, you know, what, what your priorities are in these situations.
Absolutely. Absolutely. And with another difficult situation with Robert Sarber, we're going to get to that topic in just a bit. But this has been a rough week for the NBA in general, dealing with the Robert Sarver situation. And of course, now that's going on with, with Emi Odoka. Uh, all right, let's talk about the trade that surprised a lot of people. Went down early this morning. Boyan Bogdanovich going from the Utah Jazz to the Detroit Pistons. Uh, the, the report from what was it like a week or so ago was that the Jazz felt like Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, Boyan Bogdanovich, each one of those players individually is worth the first round pick. Guess not, Ron. Guess not. not. What happened? What happened here? Why Why would Utah, after getting this haul for Rudy Gobert and a haul for Donovan Mitchell, suddenly ship off Boyan Bogdanovich, the best player they've got left that they want to trade, in my estimation, and get zero draft compensation in return? Yeah, I mean, it's a very weird trade. I, I do think, you know their evaluation of Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, I think their evaluation was a little bit off to begin with, um, mm -hmm. considering that Jeremy Grant went for, I think, a 2025 protected first-round pick. You know, seeing what some of these these other, like, wing players went for this offseason, um, I think it was always a bit of a weird evaluation to say that Boyan Bogdanovich was worth a first-round pick. It would have needed to be pretty heavily protected by himself. Um, but I think this is a bit of a strange trade for Utah. I think there were options. Phoenix had shown a significant interest. I know the Lakers had shown significant interest. I, I wonder what else was out there. Now, obviously, Utah has done a very good job this offseason of maximizing their returns on their players. So I tend to believe that if this is what they got, it's because that's the best they could get. Um, so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt there, given what they did earlier this offseason. But on the surface, it is a bit of a strange trade for Utah and what I consider to be a home run for the Pistons. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now, for Utah, you're actually taking on some salary here because you've got you've got salary coming back here in like Kelly Olenek. He's not fully guaranteed for next year, but I believe he's like three million dollars guaranteed mm -hmm. for next season. So that's some money that you have to take on, even if you decide to, you're just going to waive him. That's still some money that, that you're taking on. So you're taking on some future salary. You've saved a little bit of money this year. I believe the, the uh, Jazz save about five million dollars this season. But again, if you're Utah, you have to be kind of underwhelmed with this return. You said the Pistons, though, should be celebrating here. I think they get a pretty good player 
at a low cost, what what exactly are they getting? And the only confusion here is most assumed that it was going to be a contending team that would trade for Bogdanovich that would give up any assets to get him. Why are the Pistons clearly not a contending team? Maybe you could say not even a playoff team. Why are they making a move like this? I think for the Pistons, this is kind of a this is a great move because it allows you to go in either direction. Now, you can argue where exactly the Pistons fall within the Eastern Conference totem pole, but with the roster they have now, they had a, a quietly great offseason. And if you look at what they've done in the roster they have now, in the Eastern Conference, there is a chance they could contend for a play-in or even one of those low playoff spots. I would probably slot them as a low play-in team, 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. Um, and if you're the Pistons, that's kind of ahead of schedule, given where you were this time one year ago. You were not expected to be a play-in team within one year. And now it looks like they might be. So you get Boyan Bogdanovich, who is a solid, not 3 and D, but a wing player who is serviceable on defense and shoots the three extremely well. You get a veteran in the building that kind of replaces Jeremy Grant in a way that's you know, less ball dominant. So you have more time for your young players to develop around Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, you can play out, try to get to the play-in. And if you get to January, February, and you're looking at your team and you're saying, oh, like, we miscalculated. We're not as far ahead as we thought. You can flip him because a contender will be desperate for a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich in February. So this is pretty much a win-win. You can do, you can go whatever direction you want with him because you got him in the building. You didn't have to give up pretty much anything to get him. And uh, yeah, I think it's a wonderful move for them. For the Jazz, I'm still a little confused i'd like to know what phoenix's final offer was and what the lakers final offer yeah. was but, but you know it's still still a solid trade uh and I, I love it for the pistons so if you look at i mean like saban lee at least you could say the jazz are getting a young player there saban lee and kelly olenic of course going back to going back to utah so he's young he's 23 you know but ironically it was actually drafted by utah in the second round uh i spent two years in the in the nba now but was a second round pick for the utah jazz obviously didn't wind up playing there wound up uh, going over to Detroit. Now he's back to Utah. So you do pick up a young player there. Kelly Olenek, what happens with him? Like now, like Utah has a roster crunch problem. They've got more guys on contracts than they can actually have on their on their roster. They didn't alleviate that. In fact, they made that situation even worse with this trade. So yeah. this can't be it for Utah. I don't have their roster in front of me, but I believe that they're now, what, three players over? Yeah. Three players over. So they're at 18 uh, guaranteed contracts. Uh, they have to get down to 15 by opening night. Um, they Obviously, they have uh, three players in Jordan Clarkson, Malik Beasley, and Rudy Gay that you feel like you can almost guarantee will be gone in some form or another if they can find a trade partner. There's Mike Conley. And then there's guys on the back end of the roster like your Stanley Johnsons and guys like that that you know, they might just outright cut and keep the veterans if they can't find a trade. So that's kind of the two routes they can go. They can find trades for their vets or they can cut the back end guys for nothing and just move on with 15. But yeah, they, they now have a roster crunch problem. They, Utah's fascinating. I mean, they uh, they completely sold the farm. They're starting over and they're not going to be very good this year. So I think uh, this is just another trade that solidifies that they have no interest in being good at basketball this year, and they're just getting whatever they can. Yeah, they are getting what they what they can for these guys. Uh, but again, strange when you think about it that no one else 
could have beat this offer. Like this doesn't seem like a very attractive. Like I, I think it's fair to say the Jazz got more in exchange for Patrick Beverly than they did for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, I mean, it depends on your evaluation of Taylor Horton Tucker. Sure, and that's and he's very polarizing. I get that. So there, there's mar- there's room for arguing on either side of that. But if you said in a vacuum which player should return more value, I would have said Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, I, I probably agree there. Patrick Beverly is is a fine player, but Boyan is kind of what today's NBA is all about. So it's interesting to see him get this return when when you know the the Jazz got Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson for Patrick Beverly. More moves to come here for the Jazz. We know that they're going to be doing some other things. I think from the Lakers side, this this is probably it, right? Is this, is this just at this point? Do we just say the roster is what it is for the for the time being? Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's what you have to say. Boyan Bogdanovich and the Jazz were kind of that that last hope uh, that there was going to be a trade, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. So you know, that's just the way it is now. And I think we got some indication of that yesterday, too, when we heard the news that the Lakers had reportedly said no to the Pacers, uh, two unprotected firsts in exchange, and Russell Westbrook in exchange for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. And the Lakers said no, they weren't willing to do that. Well, if you're not willing to give up that value for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, I can only imagine what they'd be willing to give up to get Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley or something like that. Like they just. I don't see a lot of incentive there for the Lakers. I think they're going to keep their powder dry and do what they can to eventually make a home one run swing. We'll see if it pays off for them or not. We'll, we'll see later on in the season. Maybe they make a midseason move. Maybe they don't. Um, might be that this team just has to prove that they're worthy of the front office adding pieces, that they are a piece or two away. And until the front office sees that they are that, they might not be willing to invest their resources right now into this team. But we'll have to see again. Haven't even gotten to training camp just yet. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been stuck focusing on your problems instead of solutions? We see it all the time when we're talking to fans about their roster, trades they've made in the past. People get stuck focused on what it is that went wrong rather than how to make things better. It can be tough to train your brain to be in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but just as in sports and in our regular life, It is important that you do have that mindset of finding solutions and not getting stuck with your problems. How can your team dig themselves out of the hole that they've put themselves in? What moves can they make? What can you do in your life to make things better? Well, a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. In this day and age where mental health is being pushed to the forefront, it's so important that you take the time to take care of yourself. Therapy can be a great way to unload stress, to have emotional healing, and to help with anxiety and depression. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash front office today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash front office. Uh, speaking of LA teams, even though they might not be LA's favorite team, uh, Kawhi Leonard cleared for a five-on-five play. Now, I I mean, we were talking about this beforehand, Ron. 
Like, I would hope that he's cleared, but nonetheless, this is this is good news for a Clippers team. The Clippers look loaded this year, absolutely loaded, and Kawhi Leonard obviously is going to be a big part of their ultimate success or failure. Yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard being back is is I mean, you can't you can't really uh, overstate how massive it is for them. Kawhi Leonard is, I mean, the 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 I'm trying to think of the word, the stereotype of the the prototype of three and D. You know what the NBA is about today. This is that's Kawhi Leonard. He has won championships everywhere he's gone, except for the Clippers. This is kind of his chance to uh, to get that done. The Clippers have one of the best rosters in the league. Uh, they are absolutely one of the league's championship contenders. If everyone, if you know, Kawhi stays healthy and Paul George stays healthy, this this is a championship level team. And so, uh, seeing Kawhi back five on five right before the start of training camp, it's a great thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, you just hope you hope health for him and for Paul George for the whole season because they they are loaded. You know, I think Ramona Shelburne had a comment the other day that was uh, that was interesting. You know, it's when, something we've talked about before. It's nothing new, but Anthony Davis gets all of this flack for being injury prone, and yet he's played more than Kawhi Leonard or Paul George over the last few seasons. He's been more available than either of those guys. So as much as we talk about can Anthony Davis stay healthy, finally this guy is you know Mr. Glass and street clothes and all this kind of stuff. Can the yeah. Clippers get their guys to stay healthy? Because if they can, though, this could be a championship-level team. This is a good team even without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. They could be a playoff team without those guys. With those guys, they could potentially win this whole thing. But again, those guys have to prove they can stay healthy. Yeah, that, that's what it's all about. Kawhi Leonard, look, he is an injury-prone player. Um, and, you know, we can say Anthony Davis has played more games than him. It's true. They're both injury prone. I think it's yeah, fair to say. I don't sure. like. I don't think Anthony Davis's question, uh, like uh, ability to stay healthy, his availability is still low. Kawhi Leonard's is just lower. Uh, so they're both injury prone. Kawhi needs to prove he can stay healthy for a full NBA season. Uh, he he's done it a couple times, but then he's failed to do it a couple other times. He's he's in and out. So you know he can if he can stay healthy this whole season. And Paul George, he'll probably miss some time. Paul George is known to miss you know, one month, maybe two months in the middle of every season. If if they can get healthy at the right time, playoff time, this is a championship level team. You can't have enough wings in today's NBA and the Clippers have really tried to push the boundary of that. Guys like Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris, Robert Covington. Now you've got Norman Powell. You're, I mean, you're adding all of these. What's that? Yeah, Luke Kennard, right? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. They have so many wings, so much versatility there. Uh, they again, they yeah. could be very, very Clippers good. Clippers and Raptors ho uh, hold, I think, uh, my, by my calculation, rough estimation, eighty-five percent of the league's three and D wings. <laughs> they've got, they've got them He's all, got and they're and they're not <laughs> giving them up. Uh, speaking of players who can't seem to stay healthy, unfortunately, Lonzo Ball has knee surgery, arthroscopic knee surgery, will be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Always important that we mention when you hear that term, reevaluation. That does not mean return. That means they're going to be checking in to see how he's healing. Doesn't mean he's back on the court in four to six weeks. Means it's going to be most likely quite a bit longer than that for him to get back on the floor. They're just doing a check-in in four to six weeks. This is not good for a Bulls team that needs Lonzo's defense. They need him on the floor, and yet he also can't seem to stay healthy. And now we've got this news that he is going to be reevaluated in four to six weeks. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're taking a look at that Chicago roster. 
and you scanned the entire NBA for a starting caliber point guard that that fits Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic better, you're not going to find one better than Lonzo Ball. He is the absolute perfect complement to those three guys. And it, it's a real bummer that he can't stay healthy. He is. This has been a problem since his rookie season. He cannot play full NBA seasons. His knees are just not built for it, it, it appears. Uh, and it's really disappointing. My, my hope would be, and if you're a Bulls fan, what you can hope for is that the injury is happening at the beginning of the season and that he can get back in December, January, and he can remain healthy through the playoffs. Uh, you know, when he starts a season healthy, he generally loses his health around February, March. So the hope is that basically you're condensing his season to January to April, January to May. Right. Now, Lonzo, I mean, he's known for being injury prone. His body does not seem to like NBA basketball. He's also a slow healer. Now, again, I haven't followed every single injury, or at least off the top of my head, since he became a Chicago Bull, not maybe like I did when he was a Laker, but still, the my recollection has been that he's a guy where when the timeline is set for four to six weeks, he's a guy that comes back in 10, right? Like it's it takes him a while to recover from injuries. Now, I'll also say that from the Lakers organization, they're notorious for setting timelines that are short. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, those get pushed I don't back. Know Chicago's like in that way. Right. So that's, that is something to factor in here too, but he's all, he's not the guy where, oh my gosh, this is a two month injury. And then he's back in a month and everybody's shocked at how quickly he healed and all that kind of stuff. That's not Lonzo ball. At least not what we've seen historically. But again, good news. If you're a Bulls fan, uh, even if he's out 12 weeks, he's yeah. still back December 15th. He didn't even miss half the season. Um, and then you hope you have him for the rest of the rest of the year. This is Lonzo is just one of those guys that is probably never going to play more than 60 games, 55, 50 in an NBA season. So if you're the Bulls and if you're Lonzo Ball, it's best to be strategic and make those 50 games happen in the last 50 as opposed to the first 50. True. Yep. Good point. Good point. Speaking of injuries, Shea Gildress Alexander uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Man. This, this team and injuries already this season. We've seen what happened with Chet Holmgren, and now Shea is out for the beginning of camp with an MCL sprain. Now, that doesn't mean that he won't be ready for the beginning of the season, but still, it's not ideal to have, I mean, he's their guy, right? This is the guy on the Thunder, and now he's going to be out for the beginning of training camp. Not an ideal way to start off the season, though. Certainly, it could be worse than an MCL sprain. Yeah, an MCL sprain, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but that's usually, you know, a four-week timeline, four- to six-week timeline, like return timeline, not a reevaluation timeline. So I think he'll be back for, you know, somewhere in the beginning of the regular season. And then, look, when Chet Holmgren went down for the season with that injury, uh, the Thunder, you know, it, it, it now becomes clear what their goal is this year. It's to tank again. And – you know, that's whatever you want to make of that. But Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, he's a very good player. He's he's one of their cornerstones of this franchise. So when he misses games, it sucks. But the Thunder are also saying, yeah, it's a few more losses. Might help us a little bit at the end of the season. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, of course, wants to be out there winning games. He'll get back out there as soon as he can. Hopefully he doesn't miss too many games. The, the Thunder aren't going to rush him back. They, no. they don't have any reason. But I mean... No team really has reason to do so at the beginning of the season, but they no. will be overly cautious with him just to make sure that he's 100%. And they should be. They should be. 
Last thing we've got, Robert Sarver selling the Phoenix Suns as well as the Mercury uh, ultimately came to that conclusion, did get that one-year ban from the NBA due to the results of the investigation that was done upon the Suns franchise and his actions. And he ultimately decided that after we heard about, you know, PayPal was going to be pulling their sponsorship or not pulling it, but would not be renewing their, their Jersey sponsorship for the Suns. That's what they had released. There was going to be a lot of pressure. A lot of people were making the comment that the, the NBA was letting Robert Sarver off light, that they should have gone a Donald, Donald Sterling route and re, uh, taken away his team. That's not exactly how things played out with Donald Sterling. But nevertheless, all of that is kind of a moot point at this point because Robert Sarver announced that he will be selling the Suns. He also cited an unforgiving, I don't know if the word he used was atmosphere or whatever it was, but an unforgiving time that we that we live in. Um, almost as though he was kind of placing the blame on on others, like trying to deflect or something like that. Rub people the wrong way that that statement, and I understand why. But nevertheless, for our purposes, he's selling the Suns, and I would imagine there's going to be no shortage of suitors for Phoenix. Yeah, and you know what? If Robert Sarver thinks there's no forgiveness in the world, uh, that's because for him there isn't. Uh, no one is going. No one cares what Robert Sarver has to think on the situation. Uh, it's very. Very good that he's selling this team. Look, that the reports that came out about him, the investigation, the fa- the findings from that were just absolutely awful. Uh, and the NBA said they were letting him, essentially admitted they were letting him off light and the public pressure was going to do what it would. And I don't want to give any credit to the NBA because they should have uh, given him a harsher punishment to begin with. But the NBA got what they were seeking. The immediate public pressure is essentially forcing Sarver to sell this team. And I think it's for the betterment of the NBA. Uh, you know, not to compare him to Donald Sterling, but like that that was better for the league when he was basically forced to sell his team. Uh, Steve Ballmer came in and kind of changed the Clippers around and changed the culture of like what it meant to be an NBA owner. Um, he, you know, uh, being a very active person. And I think we're starting to see a new era of ownership in, in all sports, really, where guys that are coming in and buying these teams are guys that are just super passionate and love the game and seem to be better people. Um, so I, I think this is kind of a good thing for the league. And yeah, you're right. There'll be no shortage of, of buyer options because the Suns are in an amazing place as a franchise. I think that this could also be really good for the Suns. You look at what happened with the Clippers and you had an owner who didn't want to spend. And so, and again, I look, Sterling needed to be removed for a lot of reasons. I'm not saying that he needed to be removed because of his lack of a willingness to spend money, but the extra kind of silver lining for the Clippers was that you got in someone, Steve Ballmer, who, Hey, you got to pay some extra money for, for Norman Powell. We're going to get a sweetheart deal from the pay, from the, uh, the Blazers. And all you have to do is pay more money and you're going to get Robert Covington and Norman Powell essentially for free. very little assets, right? Yeah. Going out. You just have to be willing to pay for them. Bomber just says, Oh sure. Hang on. I've got that money in my couch cushions. Here you go. Right. The Suns yeah. could get very much who are, I mean, Sarver is known for being cheap as an owner, right? Doesn't want to spend. You get somebody coming in where an NBA team like with Bomber is a toy is not a source of revenue is something that is just they're they're doing for fun. Uh, and you mentioned and the passion of the game. The Suns could find themselves in a much more competitive situation with an owner who has even deeper pockets 
and more of a willingness to spend. So this could be a good thing long-term for the Phoenix Suns as well on the court. Yeah, and the Suns are in a great place right now. And the hope is that if a new owner comes in who, like you said, is willing to spend, has the deep pockets, the hope is that they could transition out of Chris Paul and into another elite point guard that could kind of help shape their future alongside Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges. Like This is a really good team um, that they have right now. So I think ownership, you know, there, there will be plenty of ways for Sarver to go to sell this team. He's going to make a ton of money off of this. So congrats to him for that, I guess. But uh, congrats to whoever ends up buying the Suns because you got yourself a, a really good franchise in a good spot. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I think they will be a suitor for another guard to pair with Devin Booker in the long term. For right now, for this season, we'll see what Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and the Suns can do. Ah, the lasting impression of the Suns from last season, that Game 7 complete no-show against the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see Absolutely. what the Suns can do this year to try to erase that from memory. But, Ron, we, we got through a lot today, a ton going on in the NBA. Thanks so much for uh, for jumping on here with me. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, best best uh, health wishes to Keith. Hopefully he's back on this show soon uh, so that, you know, you don't have to keep going to the alternate to fill in. <laughs> Ron, you do a fantastic job every time you're on here. It's so thankful that, that you can jump on here and uh, and help us out. Everybody watching and listening again, make sure you subscribe to the NBA front office show. The NBA season. Oh, boy. Today, it's officially fall now, which is great. It means the NBA is right around the corner. We're going to have preseason games before we know it. Training camp starting up. Let's go. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.